clouds are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul stand together. We're going to sing some Christmas songs tonight. And this will be the last of our Christmas songs for the season. And we've got some good ones lined up. Let's sing, It Came Upon the Midnight Clear. It came upon the midnight clear That glorious song
music. Lift your voice and sing it out. God's people said, uh, what a wonderful end to Christmas season, and I hope you're as anxious as I am about getting into the new year and seeing what God's going to do for us, and uh, we close one year and we open another, and I hope that you enjoy that. We had a great close this morning, our last Sunday morning service. We had our first deaf convert trust Christ as Savior this morning, and uh, so I, if you haven't noticed, we've got a good group now coming, and uh, Brother Jack is in the back back here. Brother Jack has a passion for his people, and that's the deaf community. And uh, we had, I think, six or eight deaf friends with us this morning. And after the service, Brother Jack got to lead Anthony to Christ, a young man, and we've already just got him enrolled, enrolled in discipleship. And uh, just excited to see that ministry going on. Uh, the deaf culture is a, a culture all to itself, and uh, Jack's got a burden to reach his folks. And so we're glad that Brother Mike and Miss Sheila and Brother Mark and so many others are involved in that and reaching the deaf. And, uh, we rejoice this morning. Had a great time. Uh, if, I, I, I'm already talking with my hands. I just don't know what I'm saying. All right. And so I told him I said I'm gonna I'm gonna brush up on my sign language because I already when when I talk to him I'm moving hands and all that. So it's very very confusing. But uh, it was wonderful. Met a lady this morning that uh, Sheila knows from years and years ago, and uh, her family loved our church. And they said, man, we're going to bring our deaf friends here, and we know a lot of deaf. And so I'd love to see 20, 30, 40, 50 deaf there in the back. And they're going to start, uh, Brother Jack, when we start Fellowship Bible classes next week, well, we're going to start a class next week, first Sunday, uh, deaf leading class. And so I'm thrilled about that and uh, just exciting. Then got to baptize uh, Jonathan Jr., I guess is technically the way to say that. And uh, now I said Joe, is it Joanne or Joan? I, I know it's JoJo is what I say, but Joanne. So Joanne and Jonathan got baptized this morning, and Daddy didn't know anything about that. That's a pretty good Christmas surprise right there. And uh, so we were able to baptize him. So a great close to 2022, and I rejoice over that. Now let's go to prayer, and let's go to bless the service, but I want to pass along. Uh, it's a sad bit of news, but also it is a wonderful bit of news because precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. And uh, we got word this afternoon, Brother Rick let me know uh, that one of the most faithful God-used missionaries uh, of our generation, and I don't say that lightly, uh, but Brother Boyd Lyons passed away. Brother Lyons has been uh, out of uh, Baptist Bible Fellowship there in Springfield uh, for over 70 years, served the Lord 50 years as a missionary in the Philippines. And uh, that was one of those, when you left for the field, you left and didn't come back kind of deal. And uh, he has done a tremendous work in Manila. And uh, we just praise the Lord for his testimony. And I, I, I'm not sorry, I'm not sad because he's... He's with the Lord now that he's served, but you do pray for the Baptist Bible Church of Manila and pray for those ministries there. Over, I believe, Rick, over 300 churches 
Was it 300? I believe I read the article over 300 churches have been started out of that one church, uh, not just around the Philippines, but around the world. They've sent missionaries around the world. And so tremendous, tremendous missionary. And we were thankful to have supported them for a long, long time and uh, rejoice that he's home with the Lord. By the way, your life is but a vapor here for a moment and vanisheth away. You ought to live your life, whatever days it is, to serve the Lord. And uh, he certainly did that well. And so we want to pray for the Lions family. His wife is already with the Lord. And so he leaves behind children and a ministry there. Let's pray together. I sort of bless this service and uh, looking forward to what the Lord has as we celebrate the Lord's Supper in just a few moments and uh, commemorate, of course, his death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, thankful for you being here this last Sunday night of 21. And uh, looking forward to what the Lord has. Father, tonight <clears throat> we come and we claim Psalm 9210 that we spoke of this morning that we would receive fresh oil, that, God, you'd give us tonight what we need for tomorrow, and, God, that you'd prepare us for the week ahead. May we be, Lord, looking for opportunities to make a difference in the life of men and women by praising, by making much of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the example Brother Lyons set for us to live a life holy and completely dedicated to you. And, Lord, when we leave, may our children remember our faithfulness. And, Lord, may they recall, as his son did in that moving tribute, Lord, his father's genuine faith that was lived out daily before them. Pray for that ministry and that uh, group of missionary families there that have been so impacted by Brother Lyons and the work in Manila. And God, tonight I pray that you'd raise up men like Brother Lyons, that you'd call men and women into full-time ministry, and they'd go to some city, some place, uh, either here in the States or around the world, and put roots down, deep roots, and win a nation, win a community, win a people to Christ and Lord, that they would not waver and that be undone by trials and trouble, but Lord, remain faithful. Tonight, I pray for this service, the music, as we look at the Lord's table, as we look again at the, the teaching from 1 Corinthians on uh, the establishment and correction of what happens at the Lord's Supper. Lord, tonight, I pray you'd stir our hearts that, Lord, we leave this place uh, closer to you than we've ever been before and more ready to do a work for you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to listen as the choir sings.
Amen. And Mrs. Stansel on the solo there. I like that. All right. Uh, it's my daughter-in-law. Beautiful choir. Wonderful. Do you have anybody first time or first time in a long time Community Bible Baptist Church visiting tonight? Anybody like that at all? I uh, want to make sure to welcome you. And if you haven't got a guest card, please make sure you get one of those. Drop it in out at the Welcome Center. The ladies there, the gentlemen, give you a gift bag. And thank you for being with us. Had several guests today uh, from Indiana and other places. Got to meet them. And uh, they were glad to be here and not in Indiana. I turned on a football game this afternoon. There's snow in other parts of the country. Did y'all know that other parts of the country have a thing called winter? I like watching winter from Florida, don't y'all? What a blessing. And uh, we've got a great, great, great. Uh, opportunity in this area to serve the Lord. So many people moving our way and coming down and a great opportunity to share Christ with them. Now, before we sing again and before we get look at the Word of God, how many of you know we have a coffee shop out in the lobby? I mean a full-fledged whatever you want coffee shop. Now listen, amen. Now if you see anybody bring into the service a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donut, I want you to call them out. Brother Tim, do you know anybody like that? You see one right now? Okay, good, good. Brother Paul, we watched you walk in with that Dunkin' Donut cup, and we thought, infidel. They have spent money somewhere besides a coffee. Now, if you have to have a Dunkin' Donut, you tell us what kind you want, and we'll make it just like they make it. All right? Come on, let's stand together. Brother Tim, I want you to sing for us again, then we'll open the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 11 tonight, we're going to look at the Lord's table. Tim, you lead us, please. sing two songs tonight, one song about the cross and the next song about the blood. We'll be receiving communion a little later on in our service and let these songs prepare your heart uh, to remind you of what Christ did for us on the cross. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins.
Johnson, great preacher, has these words pinned on his tombstone. Let's sing it together. Corinthians, please, the 11th chapter, the book of 1 Corinthians. How many of you have ever seen uh, the video, uh, the message Dr. Hudson preached, uh, things that are different are not the same? You've ever seen the message, things that are different are not the same? One, two, three, four, five, uh, half dozen, ten of you. So uh, you can Google that. You can find it online somewhere. It's the last uh, message you ever preached. It's preached at Northside Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Southwide Baptist Fellowship. And uh, Dr. Hudson was very, very sick at that time. Uh, Dr. Hudson, by the way, my pastor, who I was saved under, called to preach under, and uh, very, very sick. And uh, my father, Johnny Stansel, loaded him up in a, a motor coach that had a bed in it and uh, drove him from Murfreesboro to Charlotte. And uh, the Lord absolutely gave him unction from on high that night. He was very, very frail, very, very sick. But he stood up in the pulpit, and uh, it was time to preach. And he actually sang a couple of songs. That's where uh, we sing on the winning side. We also sang, uh, there is a fountain filled with blood, and just a blessing. But uh, he got up to preach then, and the Lord literally gave him life for about an hour. I mean, just infused him with unction from on high. And he preached a message called, Things That Are Different Are Not The Same. And it's just a great message. It was a great end to a wonderful ministry. An early ministry, Dr. Hudson died when he was 65 years of age. That's unbelievable to me that he died so young. But if you look around that night while he's singing, uh, there are young men all over that building just shouting and whooping it up and having a big time. And I mean, it was just on uh, in an incredible way. Men were standing on pews, waving Bibles. I mean, it was just, uh, just an incredible high moment. And if you look close enough, you'll see a young Tim Hawkins standing on one of those pews waving a Bible and having church that evening. He was there that night uh, when Dr. Hudson preached that last great message, things are different or not the same. And I appreciate Tim and Manny. Don't forget, next Sunday, we're going to pound them with gift cards, Publix, Walmart, whatever you uh, have there. want to encourage them. They've gotten sort of settled into their uh, new place and they're still trying to sort it all out and get figured out. But uh, you pray all of this going on, the holidays, the new building, and they're moving across the country, literally from uh, New Hampshire to here. So it's been a crazy busy three or four weeks for them. So you pray as they kind of get settled in and uh, we'll get started here on the new year running full steam ahead. Now, this is such a familiar passage. I, I always hesitate to preach on familiar passages, uh, except for the fact that my pastor in college, Dr. Tom Malone Sr., uh, said, do not ever forget that familiar texts are familiar because they're important texts. 
They're important texts. And tonight we're going to read the Apostle Paul's correction of the early church. The early church had taken the Lord's Supper and had begun to misuse it. Uh, it was becoming uh, much different than what the Lord intended it to be. And so Paul, in his letter to the Corinthian church, and by the way, Paul's two letters to the Corinthian church, uh, this first letter uh, is a very stern letter, a very striking letter, because here is a church that was way out of bounds, and Paul was drawing them back into the authority of the Word of God. Uh, mark this down. Every church ought to be under the authority of the Word of God. Uh, when a church begins to drift, the reason a church begins to drift is because they move out from under the supremacy and the authority of the Word of God. When denominations drift, it's always about the supremacy, uh, supremacy and authority of the Word of God. Beware any church that starts discussing or debating the authority of the Bible. Beware any institution or movement or denomination that begins to discuss the Bible. The Bible is just fine, leave it alone. Don't discuss it, declare it. Don't pull it apart, preach it. My friend Jeff Jones, who's part of a denomination, I said, Jeff, what will be the thing that causes you to leave that denomination and become unaffiliated? He said, the moment they make a motion, to discuss. They don't even have to vote on it, but the moment they make a discussion to discuss the authority of the Bible, uh, I'm pulling out and asking everyone I have influence on to pull out with me because once you begin to tinker with the authority of the Word of God, you are on your way to apostasy. You look around today at all the mainline churches, all the mainline denominations, many churches that used to stand and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, they are far, far from the truth. And it began with higher criticism of the Word of God. And so here, even in this early church, the Corinthian church is already away from what the Lord had established for the church. And so Paul comes along to clarify and correct the Lord's Supper. Now, uh, tonight I'm, I'm thinking a little bit about some of our young people. They do not understand why the Lord's Supper is such a big deal. To them, it's an opportunity to drink grape juice and to eat crackers that don't taste that good. See, preacher, how do you know? Because I was that child. I was that child, many a night, taking the Lord's Supper, uh, not really fully understanding what I was doing, not really respecting what I was doing, uh, just something to do. And then afterward, we got to run around and see who could get the biggest stacks of cups. And then we'd lick the bottom of them, but that was before COVID, all right. But tonight, I want to bring a seriousness to the subject of the Lord's Supper. And I want you to just read with me slowly and carefully this correction of a church out of bounds. And then I want you to consider where you stand in the matter of your faith. There's several groups of people probably in the building tonight. There's people that have no faith, that have weak faith, or have strong faith. No faith means you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, born of the Virgin, uh, died on the cross, buried and rose again. You've never put your faith in Christ. You're an unbeliever. And by the way, unbelievers have a part in the lake of fire. Your eternal destiny is hell, separated from God because of your unbelief. Then there's those with weak faith. You may be a, a believer, you may have trusted Christ, but you're not living for Christ. 
You're not consecrated. You're not dedicated. You're not surrendered. I said again, let me, uh, last week I say it again tonight. Every Christian ought to have two great days in life. The day they were saved and the day they surrendered themselves fully to the Lord Jesus Christ. You may be saved on your way to heaven. If you were to, to die tonight on 78th Avenue or 80th Avenue, or you'd go to heaven. But you'd go to heaven unfulfilled as a Christian because you've not lived for Jesus Christ. And then there's those that have surrendered themselves and consecrated themselves and seek to live for Christ. And may I encourage you, may I beg you, may I plead with you as your pastor that we make every day count for the Lord Jesus Christ, that we wake up each morning giving thanks for what the Lord has done and worshiping Him and making much of that opportunity we have to serve Him and ask Him every day that He would fill us again with fresh oil for what He's called us to do, that we might live a life of dedication and service to Christ. Don't waste a day of your life for Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse number 23, Paul writing through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, for I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye, uh, for as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and <clears throat> drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order uh, when I come. Now, Heavenly Father, as we look again at the Lord's Supper, a familiar passage to many new to some. May, Lord Jesus, we be reminded of the solemn moment that you set this ordinance in motion as you left the upper room, as you walked down into the Garden of Gethsemane as you prepared for the cross, knowing that in just a few hours your life, your body, would be given a ransom for sin. And this is the last command. This is the last thing you ordained your disciples to do was to remember this night in which you would give yourself for them. Help us tonight. Give us fresh oil that we may hear what the Word of God has to say by the endowment and power of the Spirit of God, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the Bible says in these passages, as Paul uh, opens up the context of the Lord's Supper, uh, the Bible says that this was a solemn event. And, and you know this because we've studied this in the gospel accounts. 
as we read through and preached through the Synoptic Gospels just a few months ago, uh, we read through these last hours of the Lord's life. And this was a meal. Uh, this was a great uh, three, four, five-hour meal where there was praying and preaching and teaching and questions asked and answered and, and, and the food that was before them. And during this meal, the Lord picked up the bread and, and gave an illustration. He used an object lesson. He picked up the cup and gave an illustration, used an object lesson, uh, describing the bread and the cup as his body and his blood that would soon be given for them. And then he said, now when I'm gone, you do this. And so the early church began to have what came to be known as these great love feasts where they would come and remember the death of Christ, the burial of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. And yet they became uh, more a party, uh, more uh, of a celebration without constraint uh, than a solemn moment to remember the great price paid for their sin. I will say this, and I'll give you my simple outline and we'll be done this evening, move into the Lord's Supper. I will say this, a lot of churches have moved away from the solemnness of the death of Christ. It's almost turned into a silliness. How, how, how much more outlandish we can become. Somebody laughingly said, uh, now that we have the new building and the sound booth is up there, the pastor can uh, uh, hook a line up and can slide down the pulpit uh, on, a, on a line like Superman. Uh, and, and I said, not on your best day. There's weight limits on those things. But literally, I've seen that in churches where pastors uh, slide down guide wires and, and parachute into the pulpit and this, that, and the other, and, and uh, the shows and the, uh, and, and the productions and all those things. And uh, it's almost who can out-silly the other. Now, fellas are messing with the lights up there, so I need you to stop it because I can't see nothing now. They're trying to set the mood, and I can't see the Bible. Amen. I was just saying how much we're trying to be silly on stuff, aren't we, right? This is not something to consider lightly. It's not something to just, it's something we do. It's, 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 it's not just a thing that the church does, the evangelical church, the, the Baptist church. This was the Lord's way of constantly reminding the believer of the price paid out of necessity for your awful sin. How many of you understand we're awful sinners? I, I was uh, moved this week, Christmas, I was moved by some things that were said in our home. I was moved by the testimony of Boyd Lyons. I was moved by several of the autobiographies I've read in the last few weeks. And that God uses men to do great works, but even some of the men that I read after, even some of the things that I, I know of them, I realize that at best, God uses men who at their best are still very flawed, deeply flawed men. We're sinners. And the price for our sin was perfect righteousness. And God had to give himself because no one else was worthy. And Christ died on the cross for me. For God so loved the world. That's a wonderful verse. And we quote John 3.16. And we ought to. But every now and then we ought to stop and realize that that world that's mentioned in John 3.16. That is specifically about you and I. I'm the sinner for whom Christ died. 
I'll give you four or five thoughts tonight. Just jot these down. It's in the flyleaf of my Bible. I, I woke up this afternoon from a, a quick nap, and the Lord just gave me a couple of thoughts that I believe will help us. Number one, it is a simple commemoration. A simple commemoration. Some of you, bless your heart, uh, you believe that this literally is uh, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. This literally is the blood of Christ. You were brought up in a, a denomination or a, uh, a church that taught uh, what the Bible refers to as transubstantiation, or not the Bible, what, what people have referred to as transubstantiation, where literally the transitive properties of the bread and the, and the wine turn into the body and blood of Christ. And when you take the Lord's Supper, you are physically eating the flesh of Christ and drinking the blood of Christ. Dear friend, this is nothing more than an object lesson, an illustration. It is a commemoration. It is something that is earthly to remind you of something that is spiritual. And by the way, the Lord would never command you to eat bread that is his flesh because he has already commanded us not to eat, blood, uh, eat flesh or to drink blood. And so he'd be in violation of his own law if he gave you a command that said eat flesh and drink blood because it would, it would violate what he already gave us in Leviticus. And so God would cease to be God if this actually became flesh and blood because he would violate himself. So it's an object lesson. How many of you, uh, you, you were raised in a generation where like, like was the word. Everybody used like. That's my generation. Like, like, like. Nothing was real as everything was like. You know, like, like, like. What they're saying is this is this, but it's like this. And that's what the Lord's saying here. This is bread and this is the juice, but it's like my body. It's like my blood. It's an object lesson. It's a reminder. It's something to spark. When we think of the Lord's Supper, we should not think of the objects that we're dealing with here, the bread or the cup. We should think of the person of Christ. Because the object lesson here is an earthly reminder of a much more important spiritual lesson. It's a commemoration of his death, his burial, his resurrection, his Shed blood. And you say, his broken body. Do you know his body was not broken? This is not his body broken in suffering on the cross. The Bible says that not a bone of his body would be broken. This is him as the bread of life. He is the substance that we need. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is Christ giving himself as enough for us, as nourishment for us, as food for us, as strength for us. Shed blood, of course, on Calvary. It's commemorative. But number two, I want you to notice, it is a tool of communication. The Bible says in verse number 26, For in the office ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he comes. We are testifying tonight that we are believers. In fact, the word ordinance is to demonstrate faith. We are demonstrating faith. We are communicating our belief. I am saying tonight when I give you and I receive the Lord's Supper that I am a sinner who needed a Savior and I have received Jesus Christ and His gift of salvation as my atonement for sin. I am unashamedly telling you I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes I believe that many of us have been cowarded and we've been pushed down. We've been bullied by a lost and dying world. 
until we're afraid to demonstrate Christ. Mark this tonight, please. If you're embarrassed to take communion in your own church, I promise you, you're embarrassed to live for Christ outside these doors. If, if this bothers you in any way, oh, this, you know, what are, it, this is the family. This, this is where we're supposed to feel comfortable. You come to my house after church tonight, late in the evening, I'll be very comfortable. I'll be in an old nasty t-shirt and shorts. And I'll be uh, in my easy chair with a cup of coffee, uh, watching uh, Columbo if it's still on. And uh, I'll be comfortable. Uh, at home, you ought to be comfortable. Listen, at church, you ought to be comfortable enough to express your faith. And dear friend, mark this. If you cannot express your faith around these people, you'll never express your faith out there. I'm not ashamed of Christ, the name of Christ, to identify as Christ. It is a commemoration, an illustration. It is a communication, but it's also a time for consecration. What a perfect evening for the Lord's Supper as we close one year and put it to bed and we begin this week to open the new year, that we open the new year consecrated to Christ. The Bible says in verse number 28, let a man examine himself. Let a man examine himself. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Before you receive the Lord's Supper, it's a time to ask the Holy Spirit, search me, O God. See if there be any wicked way in me. I'm not a big resolution guy. I do have some goals and I have some church goals and personal goals but I do believe this, I want to be better this year for Christ than I was last year for Christ. Amen. I want to live a life of consecration. I want to live a life of holiness. I want to live a life unto the Lord. And as I live a life unto the Lord, that means by nature I have to be separated from sin. So many times we put the emphasis on what we're separated from. We need to be separated from liquor and wild women and drink and drugs and pride and anger and all. And those are all wicked and awful. And uh, we ought to be separated from those things. But dear friend, the emphasis in the Christian life is not what we're separated from. It's who we're separated to. And as we're separated unto Christ, by nature, those things will not have the same attraction to us. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection. Consecrate. I had a young lady just a moment ago on my phone. You saw me look down at it during the last song. A young lady that Sarah and I have been dealing with for a year now. She simply texted me. She said, I have a question. I, said, I haven't even responded yet. I haven't had time. I have a question. The second part of that was, is now a good time for me to start coming to church? Would it be a good time? And I'm going to text her back in just a few moments. Anytime is a good time to come back to church. In her case, I believe a good time to get saved, to be honest with you. But for us, this is a natural opportunity, a natural break. We're closing the year. We're opening the year. We're starting afresh. We're, we're, we're looking forward to a new opportunity. We have a new building. We have new staff. We have new program. We have new everything. Everything is fresh. There's nothing that marks your tomorrow. And you could consecrate yourself tonight to live for Jesus Christ and to make your life count for Christ. For one day your life will be over and only what you've done for Christ is what will matter it's a time of consecration. It's also for sadly, now listen, I hate to even bring this point up, but I have to because it's such a strong point in the sermon, in the text. This is a time of condemnation. 
This is a time of condemnation. Tonight, right now. Some of you are about to tell on yourself. The Bible says that we should judge ourselves. Look there with me. Twice it's mentioned the same thing. Uh, if a man were to eat this bread and drink this cup unworthily, he eateth damnation unto himself. With the strongest language possible, may I say, for some of you, you should be in great fear because you know enough you don't need any more instruction, but you do need action. And the longer you play around, the closer you are to judgment. In my ministry now, 25 years of pastoring, I can count on my hand boys and girls, men and women, who I believed struggled, physically struggled, mentally struggled, spiritually struggled, and on my hand I can count a handful that died early because they never got serious with God. Now I'm going to say this to you and I want you to get it. God's serious with you, you better be serious with him. This is not romper room. This is not have a big time. This is not electric company. This is the things of God, and the things of God deserve your attention. The Bible says that there are some who are weak, some are sickly. There's no more miserable person in the world than a believer out of the will of God, and there's no more miserable person in the world than a believer who has opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to get right with God who rejects that opportunity. It's, a, it's one thing if you live in some foreign land with no thought of God, no Bible preacher, no missionary, no pastor, no church, but you do not have that excuse. You hear the word of God in your school. You hear the word of God in your church. You hear the word of God in your home. You have been given great spiritual opportunity, spiritual privilege. And to play with that is to play with the judgment hand of God. And the Bible is very clear. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hand of the living God. And that is not speaking to the lost. That is speaking to the believer. That you stand in judgment of God in rebellion. And by the way, rebellion is the first and the, the great sin that's been passed down from our father Adam. Rebellion against God and his word. There's condemnation. Some of you tonight will, will either let it pass or you'll take it. But your heart is far from God. And you mark this in. You know, I think about this. Uh, the young people don't hear me yet. But, you know, they will hear me. I didn't hear any of this when I was a boy. My mama's sitting right there. My little mama's right there. And uh, I, I, I was in church all my life. I heard great preaching. Curtis Hudson was my pastor. Bob Kelly. Some of you know Brother Bob Kelly, Franklin Road Baptist Church, and later out of Columbia, South Carolina. Bob Kelly was my pastor. Al Henson was my pastor. Uh, later in life, I heard uh, Al Henson after him. Who, who was the fellow down in, uh, Mom, who was the fellow at Galilean that we were there for a little minute? Wallace, Brother Wallace was my pastor. All those years, I heard it all. But I didn't respond to it all. 
Sword of Lord Conference, Southwide Baptist Fellowships. I've heard the greatest preachers of the last generation. I heard them all, but I did not hear them. I heard them, but I did not hear them. Because to hear them means it would have to pass through my ears into my heart to make a difference. All these years later, look at me, all these years later, unto God in heaven that I would have heard them then. You will live long enough to remember the words of an old-time preacher man. Some of you, 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 you live in the scars of your sin, and you know that in those dark hours, as far from God as you were, that you remember the lessons of your childhood. The sermons you heard, the preaching you heard, you heard the men and women that urged you and begged you to give your life to Christ, and in the wreck of your life, you remember those messages. It's far better to hear them now and to hear them then when it's too late and the scars of your life are already implanted in your body. Lastly, there's continuation. Over in Luke, uh, when the Lord gave this, he said, now do this until I come. He said, I'm not going to eat again a meal with you until I eat it in my Father's kingdom. You know why we do the Lord's Supper? It's because this is a reminder he's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. And one of these days that we're going to sit down with him and have that great marriage supper of the Lamb. And I'm going to submit to you, it's closer now than it's ever been. We're closer now than we've ever been. And we'll do this and we'll do this and we'll do this and we'll do this until one day we're not ever going to do it again here, but we'll do it there. Because the Lord's coming. The Lord's coming. You know, to help you live a better life today is the thing about that day. Martin Luther made the statement, and it's a great statement. Martin Luther, the old uh, priest there, the, the 99 uh, thesis on the Wittenberg Chapel, Martin Luther said, I live but for two days, this day and that day. I live but for two days, today and the day I'll see Jesus. I read this this week, Brother Tim. Uh, some of you guys that played sports, you'll, you'll recognize this. There was a day that you ran your last three-man weave and you didn't know it. And some of you have no idea what I mean and, and that's it's too long to tell you. But there was a day that you ran your last three-man weave and you didn't know it. Simply, simply this, there was the last day for that practice. The last organized three-man weave I ran was the practice before our state championship game, 1986. I never thought that that was our last practice. That was the last time we'd ever assembled together as a team. We played the game, and after that, we were so close to graduation. Last football practice. Last this, last that. One day, you'll have a last. You just don't know it's your last. You'll go fishing for the last time. You'll go hunting for the last time. Now watch me. One day you'll go to church for the last time. The next thing you know, you'll be in the presence of the Lord. He'll either come for us in rapture or we'll go to him in death. But one day this will be our last. This will be my last. I'll preach my last sermon. God Hudson, I believe, knew that was his last sermon. There was no way the Lord, at that point, he was so far gone as a miracle. He had the unusual opportunity to know that was his last sermon. Boyd Lyons preached his last sermon. He did not probably know it was his last sermon, but it was his last sermon. 
We'll do this until he comes. Either by him coming for us or us going to him. But it'll be our last. Live for Christ. Don't waste opportunity. Tonight we have a great opportunity to consecrate ourselves. To say, Lord, I give you my all. I'm going to have Tim go to the piano and begin to play. I want you to stand to your feet in just a moment. We're going to give a time of invitation. Before we receive the Lord's Supper, this is a time for you to say, Lord, here I am. I'm giving myself completely and totally to you. Confess sin. Get right with God. Get right with people. If you bring yourself to the altar and you remember, oh, I got awed against somebody, deal with that somebody before you come to God. Young person, you don't have to trust me now, but you will one day remember these words. Live for Christ today. Live for Christ today. Let's take this time tonight. If you're here and you don't know Christ as Savior, you are on the danger side of hell. You are on the danger side of hell. Your last breath and you'd wake up in eternal torment. Luke 16, such a clear scripture we heard last week preached from this pulpit. And in hell, lifted up his eyes, being in torment. Listen, he had rejected his chance to know Jesus. Somebody will sit in a service like ours, reject Christ, and be in eternity that same week. It's happened before. It'll happen again. If you're not, you don't know Christ, there'll be men and women that are ready to take a Bible and to open the Word of God and to show you how that you can know, I'm not talking wonder or doubt, but know that you'd go to heaven. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you say, preacher, what do you mean? I mean this, if you were to walk out this, uh, this building and before you got home tonight, a, a car wreck, an accident, a heart attack, a stroke, some awful thing happened and you stepped out into eternity, you don't know that you'd go to heaven. You say, preacher, would you pray for me? I want you to know that I understand that if I were to die tonight, I don't know for sure I'd go to heaven. Would there be anybody like that? The, the, the lights are dim, nobody's looking around, I'm the only one. And the only thing I'm going to do for you is pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But, but you say, Brother Brent, tonight if I were to die this evening, I don't know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. I've never placed my faith and trust in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up anywhere in the building? Nobody's looking but me. Nobody's looking but me. If I died tonight, I don't know for sure I'd go to heaven. Please pray for me. Just a moment, let me have a moment to look around. If I died this evening, I don't know for sure I'd go to heaven. Slip your hand up, sir, ma'am, anywhere in the building. If I were to die tonight, I don't know for sure I'd go to heaven. If you are not sure, if that's you, just a moment, we're all going to stand. Some folks are going to come this way to the altar. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you'd go to the back, there'll be a man, there'll be a woman, there'll be someone standing there with a Bible show you what it means to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, to know that heaven is home for you and hell is forever closed. Christian, the, the invitation is very simple, consecration. Lord, I want to confess sin. Holy Spirit, show me areas that I've not turned loose of. I want to leave 21 and enter 22 as thoroughly right with God as I know. The invitation is for consecration. Believer, I give myself to you, Christ, whatever you wish. Let go of the sin that holds you back and cling desperately to Christ. Let's stand to our feet. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Brother Tim begins to sing. Lost friend, you're on your way to hell. Step out the back. 
Somebody will show you how to be saved. Christian friend, you come dedicate yourself to Christ. You step out of your place. You step out of your place. You come. last verse. If you need to come, the altar's still open. Folks are doing some business here. If you're not sure you're saved, please don't leave this building without seeking someone out, asking them to help you. If you need to join the church, present yourself for scriptural baptism, make other decisions, this your last verse. I'm going to ask him to play and sing this. You step out, you come. If you need to come and join tonight, start the new year right in church where you ought to be. You can be baptized. We'll get you set up for next week. This is your verse, you step out, you come. a moment. Uh, I'd like to do this while we're standing. If I could get all the kids to go to mom or dad. If uh, your parents are not here, uh, find uh, an adult that you could kind of adopt. Brother Nick, you adopt some kids back there. It's all the family. This is a time for families to be together. If you're spread out, get to be with your husband, your wife, your mom or dad. If you're a guest tonight, please, if you're a guest, we practice what we call close communion here. Simply that means if you're a member of a church of like faith and maybe you're visiting Snowbird or what have you, but you believe the Bible to be the word of God, salvation by grace through faith, the ordinances of the local church belong to us, our baptism and the Lord's Supper. Uh, you're not uh, confused about transubstantiation or consubstantiation or any of these other forms or pieces of what the Lord's Supper may be then you're welcome. If not, you can simply let the cup pass and nobody will say a word to you. But uh, we want you to enjoy that with us tonight if you'd like. If not, if you want to slip out at this time, that's totally up to you as well. But uh, we want to enjoy this as a family together. I'm going to ask our men if they'd prepare to come. And I'm going to ask my two sons if they had joined me here on the platform. I'm honored to have, of course, Quinn with us every week. And uh, Collins home from Eufaula Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. And I'm going to have them read the scripture and to pray for the bread and the cup while we pass out the elements. You may be seated. Colin Quinn, you come join me on the platform.
months ago during all the COVID crisis, we went to the one cup, um, one communion. Now, eventually, uh, we'll go back from that, but uh, right now we still use that one cup. So uh, we're going to pass out the cups, and uh, you have to peel it. So maybe uh, you have to help the little guys a little bit, or uh, sometimes the older folks get the, the lid on that peeled. So don't, don't be embarrassed if you need somebody to help you with that. But uh, for right now, this is uh, the best way to do it. That way we don't have to pass multiple plates, multiple cups, and certainly don't have to reach into a plate. But uh, as, uh, as you get that, remember now the wafer will be on the top and then the juice, of course. And so you just peel it back a little bit uh, and you can take care of it. Gentlemen, if you'd stand. Tim, if you'd play for us, please.
Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, 24, and when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight as a congregation, dear Lord, remembering your sacrifice for us, dear Lord, remembering how your body was broken, how you willingly gave up your life, dear Lord, that the creator came down to the creation, Lord, and put his, his body in subjection, Lord, that you were taken to the cross, that you were sacrificed for us. Lord, I thank you for salvation. I thank you for your love, for creation. Help us as we go out, dear Lord, to see through your eyes, to look for broken, hurting people, dear Lord, people that are lost without you, people that may despise and reject us, that may criticize us, dear Lord, but we look on them with love. Lord, help us to tell them about the gospel, to tell them about a perfect created son who came down and gave his life for them, who loved them no matter what, who can make them whole. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your body. Thank you for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And the Bible says in verse number 25, after the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Um, thank you for this time, Lord, um, with the church family, Lord, that we can take a moment in this busy season of the holidays um, and take a moment and remember, obviously, Lord, that Christmas brought us hope. Um, Christmas brought us you, but Christmas did not. It was just the beginning, Lord. Uh, Christmas brought us hope, but it was the blood that brought us salvation. And uh, it was not just about blood, Lord. We know that blood has been shed many times throughout history, even sacrificially, Lord, but it wasn't about blood. It was about whose blood it was. And it, it was your blood that you willingly get, gave, Lord. You gave for us who did not deserve it, and you continue to give, Lord. Thank you for continuing to give to us, pouring out your love, Lord. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for bringing us all together. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, if you will help us with your trash and just deposit that as you're on the way out, that'll be a blessing. Uh, normally, we have a children's offering. We're going to forego that tonight. So many of our kids are, are not with us this evening, so they're just a, uh, too, uh, really too, too many gone for us to do our big children offering. We'll do that next time. We are going to make a few announcements. And then in the gospel account, they sang a hymn and went out. So as we get ready to set the auditorium, reset the auditorium uh, here in just a minute, and then go out to the coffee shop and enjoy. Uh, if you still want to go see Christmas lights, you can still go through our neighborhood. Uh, that's still going on. I hate all of you that do that. But hey, it's a blessing. But uh, uh, we're going to sing in just a moment a hymn and be this man. I'm going to have Clint come and uh, Brother Mills come. Do you have a verse for us tonight, Brother Mills? All right, Brother Clinton, you come and make our announcements, and then Brother Mills, give us our verse, and then Tim, let's sing a going home song. Then if you can help us tonight, uh, we're going to stack each row, uh, just stack it. It should be about eight and straight, all right? And then we're going to play some ball this week here in the gym tonight. We're going to have time afterward if you want to stick around. So after we dismiss, uh, Brother Nick will be giving instructions and get all this uh, stacked up and rolled to the back, and looking forward to a great night. Brother, Brother Harry, you be first, then Brother Nick, or Brother Clint. Because there was a Christmas and because there was an Easter,
Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 is very significant for each of us. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. No condemnation because there was a Christmas and there is an Easter and we have a Christ as savior. Romans chapter eight and verse one, our memory verse for the week. Just a few quick announcements this evening and then we'll let you go here. Uh, the community child care center is opening here rather quickly and uh, they have a special going on, a discount that is expiring at the end of this week. So if you know someone that would like to take advantage of our uh, community child care center, make sure you pass that on to them and tell them this is available only for a limited time. And then also there's a list of things uh, that, the, that the child care center still needs donated. There's a list right there. Uh, maybe you're not in the shopping mood after Christmas. Uh, we'll take a, a monetary donation and we'll send somebody else out to go pick those up. Or you can just have them sent in from Amazon or whatever. There's still a list there available on Amazon. A couple of things there for us tonight uh, with the Child Care Center. If you have any questions concerning that, as always, see Mrs. Boucher. She'd be happy to clue you in on that. And then our Thrive program begins January 2nd. And uh, looking forward to getting that started and off the ground, everybody coming together for that. Exciting days ahead for us. And then Reformer starts back January 6th. Uh, if you're a part of that, make sure you're there ready to go that evening on Thursday, January 6th. And then I think there are still some food items left over from this morning. Uh, that was food that was donated to us on Christmas Eve um, by uh, the Wounded Warrior Project. We donated a lot of that out to people in the community, uh, but we still had some left over. Great quality stuff. Uh, stop by the coffee shop to see if there's anything left over. We just got a prayer request just sent to me from my precious friend, Brother Carl Gormley. Uh, Kayla, his oldest daughter, is going in for a major surgery. They found uh, a myoma uh, on her ovary, and so uh, this is a big deal. They're going to go in... Uh, here, I believe they're going to go in uh, Tuesday morning. So they're in quarantine uh, right now before the surgery. So if you'd uh, just join with me, I want to stop the service before we dismiss the service and pray for Kayla Gorman. She's very close to our family, and the Gormans are very close to us as well. And then also, the young lady that I just mentioned is texting me back now. And so I just want you to pray for my friend Noah by name. Would you just pray for my friend Noah? It's a long battle, uh, but I believe the Lord's going to give us the victory over that and see her uh, here with us. And so if you meet a friend of mine named Noah in the next few weeks, you absolutely welcome them. Uh, let's pray together for Kayla. Uh, Father, I pray uh, you've commanded us to come boldly to the throne of grace, to obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. We love Kayla. We love Carl and Michelle, the girls, the boys. We're so thankful for their friendship. And God, we ask you now to touch her body and to be with the surgeons, be with the team, be with the nurses, anesthesiologists, all involved. And God, I pray for complete and total healing. She's just a young lady. I pray, God, you touch her. Lord, I pray for Noah that she'd uh, get in church and, and get things where uh, they ought to be with you. And Lord, we just love so much her and pray, God, that you'd uh, continue to work in her heart and life. And Lord, we'd love to see her as part of our family. And Lord, on behalf of so many in this room, 
with great burdens and great battles. God, I pray tonight that you would please just meet their need. And even as we leave this place tonight, uh, give us, uh, Lord, we already have it, but let us acknowledge the victory we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we pray for these two and others specifically. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Brother Tim, what are we going to sing? Power in the blood. There's power in the blood. You ought to know that. Let's stand together. Would you be free from the burden of sin? We'll sing the first verse together. Sing it like you mean it now, and we'll be dismissed. Would you be free? Would you be free from the burden of sin? I love you. You're dismissed. Brother Nick, Brother Paul, let's help us. Hey.